Hello and welcome into Jam Session. Glad to have whoever you are listening to us. Jam Session is Matt McLaren and Jean-Jacques Taylor. We're two guys who used to do a radio show on ESPN Radio in Dallas, Texas. We now do this podcast. We talk a lot about the Dallas Cowboys, other Dallas sports teams, and just our interests in Dallas, nightlife, stories, beer, all kinds of things. Glad to have you. Thanks for listening. Let's get going. Welcome. It's nice to have you here. I hope you enjoy it. I think you will. You're listening to the Jam Session Podcast. I was told that I could listen to the radio at a reasonable volume. With Cowboys insider... What's your name? Jean-Jacques Taylor. That's my name. Radio personality and craft beer expert, Matt McLaren. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. Comes from upbringing. And now, the Jam Session Podcast. It is indeed Jam Session. Subscribe, rate, review, hang out with us for a while. Right here on the Jam Session Podcast, sponsored as always by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battles so you have time for healing and renewal. But right now, that moment we've all been waiting for has arrived. Ladies and gentlemen, the radio, the TV, the podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. What up, though? I would be the non-sexy one, Matt McLaren, and this, of course, is Jam Session, the podcast, version 345, asking simply that you prepare to be dazzled. If not entertained. We've got a lot to get into. Super Bowl 57 and the 2022 NFL season in the books officially, as we are recording this immediately after the ending of another Chiefs championship season. They take down the hated Philadelphia Eagles 38 to 35 and what was quite honestly a thrilling Super Bowl, a really good Super Bowl for the most part. We're going to dive into that, the commercials, the halftime show, the legacies, a lot on the line tonight and the Chiefs get it done in comeback fashion, a team that was down 24 to 14 at halftime outscores the Eagles in the second half and, and, and really just completely turned the game around. We're going to dive into all of that. But let's tell you about Greening Law. Greening Law, again, and, I, and I've told you guys this because I'd been working with them for a year and a half, going through the settlement process, trying to figure out, you know, how, how do you fight these insurance companies? How, when you have an event like you were injured in a car accident that wasn't your fault, you were experienced malpractice, you were injured on the premises of a business, what have you, I don't know how you know how to navigate this, which is why my first call was to Greening Law after my car accident. And for the last year and a half, they've been battling this. They've been making all these calls for me and, and fighting stuff and putting things together. And I got to tell you, man, it, it's it, I'm so, so happy that I called Robert Greening and that the Green team has been representing me. And I think you will be as well. If, if you've experienced that, you got to give them a call. Well, you know, man, the thing about Green and Lime, Matt has told y'all this time and time and time and time again, is that if you got to go through this long, tedious, complicated process, then you want to ride with somebody like Greening Law, somebody who can tell you when to turn left, when to turn right, when to jump. How about this? When to stop, when to pivot, when to move. It's great. Uh, you got somebody walking with you through the whole process uh, because it can be an intimidating thing. Matt has told you that. Other folks will tell you that if, if they've gone through it. And who better than a ride with you than Greening Law because they don't get paid unless you get paid, which means you never have to worry 
just how hard they're working for you. That's exactly right, man. And the consultation's free. So just go ahead and give them a call. What are you waiting for? Find out if you have a case. 972-934-8900. 972-934-8900. It's Robert Greening. Call him now. Offices, Dallas, Texas. So the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl champions again in what was actually a really, I mean, a really good Super Bowl, man. Even in the first half when the it felt like the Eagles at 24 to 14 at halftime, I had texted a couple of my friends at the half. I was like, man, I wonder if this is about to be a blowout in the second half because the Eagles were dominating the game. I mean, the fact that it was, it was 24 to 14, you know, Kansas City had only scored one offensive touchdown in the first half because their other touchdown was on when Jalen Hurts just randomly, inexplicably fumbled the ball that they returned. It felt like Philadelphia was just in total control of this thing at halftime. Yeah, but they weren't able to separate. They were in control, but part of the reason why they were in control is they were running ball control offense. They kept the ball. The defensive turnover meant the Chiefs didn't really have the ball. And so, yeah, they were winning. Yes, they were in control. But some of that was just a byproduct of they held the ball. And you wondered, could they continue that to hold the ball in the second half? Or would it get, you know, would it would the balance kind of shake out and the Chiefs get more opportunities? Yeah, and, and obviously when the Chiefs came out in the second half, that first drive that they had, which at the time, at the beginning of the game, when the Chiefs decided to defer and didn't take – the kickoff because I thought well they'll receive and try to score first and they didn't and then in hindsight you look back and it's like okay well maybe they knew what they were doing they get the ball to open the second half and they go right down the field and all of a sudden you realize okay this is going to be a game like this is now a game because at that point obviously it was 24 to 21 and it felt like the Chiefs had started to get something going because to your point you know in the first half they just I mean, what they say that they ran like 20 plays or something like that in the first half? They were barely yeah. on the field. They just didn't have the ball. Uh, but, you know, it was 21. It was basically 21-14. And then they had that bad drive at the end of the first half. Yeah. And you're like, oh. And then it was combined with a really nice punt return. And all of a sudden they got that field goal at the end. Um, but, again, man, the Chiefs, the one thing you know about the Chiefs is they're not afraid to come back. They've been behind in the playoffs several times and come back and won. Uh, they've been behind, certainly, in the regular season and come back and won. They're not a team that's been a front runner and, uh, you know, like the greatest show on turf many yeah. years ago that just blew out everybody. Uh, yeah, they got the best quarterback. They got one of the best offenses. But because their defense has always been a little shady uh, and because of the style that they play, sometimes they find themselves behind. But uh, they don't panic when it happens. And they didn't panic today, uh, even with Mahomes uh, on that bad ankle. And once they got it rolling, bro, Andy Reid went into overdrive on the play call. Yeah, man. They, I mean, they were – that's one of those things that you notice. Like, in, in both both teams, I mean, obviously Patrick Mahomes is on a different planet. I mean, that throw that he had to Kelsey for, I think, on their first touchdown was a thing of beauty. We, we know what Pat Mahomes is capable of, but the motion that they do and the different things they do to try to confuse the defense – I mean, there was a couple of times where they drew up plays and the guy that Mahomes was throwing it to, there wasn't a defender within five yards of him. Yeah, and both of those were touchdowns. I, know, I mean, <laughs> it's just like, and you're sitting there watching it going, man, I mean, this is a play calling. When, when you have a guy like Andy Reid at the level that his offensive mind is at, and then you find the perfect quarterback that fits to do all those things and understands it the way that you want to do it. I mean, again, it's two Super Bowls in four years now. You know, the flip, the flip side of this is watching the Eagles play, 
I kept going, why don't the Cowboys do more of that with Dak? Like with, with like how the how the Eagles use Jalen, where they do a lot more designed RPOs, designed quarterback runs behind a guy who's fast but not crazy fast, but who's a big physical guy, and, and Dak's a big physical guy. I don't think Dak gonna run like that, bro. I mean, I, I don't I don't mind putting the RPOs in there, but Jalen Hurts, I don't even think you can compare Jalen Hurts and Dak as a runner, because uh, maybe you could maybe before he broke his ankle. But, uh, you know, Jalen Hurts is a weapon as a runner. Now, I think the Cowboys can do just a smidgen more as a change-up. And we saw that, I think, in uh, one of the – maybe it was Tampa Bay where he ran a, he, he ran a couple. But Jalen Hurts, that's like part of their offense. It's like what they do. Yeah. And uh, I, don't, I, don't think the, I don't think Dak can hold up to that. In turn, and I don't think he's good enough to be that kind of dynamic runner uh, that Jalen Hurts is. And – now, I don't think I'm I'm out here on a limb. I don't know if Jalen Hurts will be like that at 30. Don't forget Dak is 30, dog. Yeah, that, that, that's that's a valid point. I mean, you know, he's not just out of college anymore. <laughs> no, nah, I mean, like, when he was a young guy, he was he was scoring six touchdowns a year, running for about 350 yards, a lot of those scrambles. But you saw a lot of the speed. And if you go back and look at him at Mississippi State, you see what you see what you see the guy that you're talking about. But that guy is gone. Uh, the ankle slowed him down, and he's just older. And dude, it's uh, it's amazing the difference between, let's say he ran four or five coming out of high, coming out of college. He probably runs, maybe he ran four or five flat when he came out of college. Maybe he runs four or five nine now, and you're like, well, it's only nine tenths of a second. Yeah, man, but those defensive ends, those linebackers, those cats are Micah Parsons. They're running four three, so it just don't compute. Yeah, I mean it, it's. They have weapons all over the field, obviously, Philadelphia does. And in and, and Kansas City, the way that Mahomes uses it, it, it's, you know, getting back into the game, it was just a fun game. And the, the second half, you know, touchdown Kansas City right out of the gate. Then Philadelphia kicks the field goal. Then Kansas City drives the field again and all of a sudden has the lead. And everybody's going, holy crap, Kansas City's going to win this thing. And they just... You know, Philadelphia in the second half, Kansas City had a 10-play, 75-yard touchdown drive, 9-play, 75-yard touchdown drive. Obviously had the huge punt return by Tony, had a touchdown. It was only a 5-yard drive, and then had a field goal to win the game. They had the ball four times in the second half, and they they scored a touchdown or a field goal. They got points on all four of the drives that they had in the second half. And they held, you got to give the Kansas City line some props, this was a group of defenders for the Eagles that had four players with double-digit sacks that made it to the Super Bowl with 70 sacks as a team and did not sack Pat Mahomes once in this game. Not only did they not sack him, man, I think they only hit him five times. Um, and that's to be committed because, you know, sometimes you can not get the sacks, but you're just beating a dude up uh, with a bunch of body blows. They couldn't do that, man. Uh, Hassan Reddick, who I think had 16. You got to talk back sacks. into the mic. Don't forget. Dude, this daggone thing swirled there we in the go. back of me. Uh, I signed Reddick. I'm sitting up here talking. And I look back, and that thing is turned on me. Uh, I once had a friend like that who turned on me. But, um, you know, I think he had 16 and a half sacks. He had one tackle. Uh, Kansas City offensive line was tremendous. They gave uh, Pat Mahomes plenty of time. And uh, if you're going to give Pat Mahomes time, even if you're playing zones, man, he's going to pick that thing apart. Yep. Yep, and he did, man. And and I read something, I think it might have been Word or somebody that, that tweeted out after the game 
that the Eagles played more man coverage in this game than they had played at any point all season. And Travis Kelsey and the other, the you know, Pat Mahomes and all of them were picking them apart on that. And it, it's just, everybody said, I mean, they were talking about this in the pregame. From top to bottom, the Eagles have probably the best roster in the NFL. But the Chiefs have the best player in Patrick Mahomes, the Super Bowl MVP. And you look at what he was able to do, even... You know, how much was the ankle a factor? I have no idea. It, it looked like he was fine. Then he, it, it obviously, that last play at the, at the first half, he was obviously in pain. Then he comes back out in the second half. There's not even a noticeable limp. I mean, it, it, so who knows? And he had that one scramble for 26 yards where he takes off. But whatever it was that he was dealing with, I mean, Super Bowl MVP, you, you look across the board and, and, you know, I know it's going to get made a lot of because everybody's going to go, well, you haven't even brought up the play of the game. And it is unfortunate that this happened. It was a holding call. I, it, like, to me, James Bradbury had a handful of jersey. They threw the flag. Even James Bradbury, after the game in the locker room, after the shower and all that, there's a clip of him going around now on the internet where he's saying it, it was a hold. I had a handful of jersey. I grabbed the jersey. And so, you know, so, oh, well, you can't call it in that situation. So, okay, it's only a penalty in the first quarter, but in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl, you can basically do what you want if you're a defender because we can't call penalties in those situations. Dude, the reason why it was a penalty is it's a wheel route he's trying to run. And if he gets – I mean, it's it's not a wheel, but if he gets that separation when he pivots and turns up, right, he's wide open. Because you were fooled. That's why you held. You took the inside move, and when he whirled around, you're like, oh, shit. And so you held him, and then got away, and then you grabbed him around the waist. And the pass is four or five yards incomplete, but that's because he couldn't get the full run going. So, you know, you just, I mean, it, it was a penalty. I, I didn't even think about yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a hold, and on defensive holding, like if the ball's uncatchable, that doesn't matter. They, they didn't call pass interference. They called defensive holding. It was a hold. I, I I don't know how people are sitting there saying it wasn't a hold. I mean, there is an angle of the... If you watch it from the beginning of the play, which they've showed a couple of times, James Bradbury is pulling on the jersey of the wide receiver. That is a hold. And they call the play. They call the hold. It sucks because what was setting up for what might have been a very dramatic finish ended up being a, okay, well, the, and even Greg Olson said, well, now you just kneel it and you run the clock down and you tipped a field goal to win the Super Bowl. And that's exactly what happened. And it, it's just unfortunate it happened because it did take a lot of what could have been a very dramatic finish, kind of took the wind out of the sails. And it was like, okay, well, assuming that Harrison Butker doesn't slip on the freaking slickest field ever, then he's probably going to nail a 27-yard field goal and the Chiefs are going to win this thing. Yeah, he's uh, no Brett Maher. No. Um, I think the thing about it was it just made the ending anticlimactic. Exactly, yeah. Uh, because it's kind of like you said, it's going to be full of drama and would they, wouldn't they, would they get a stop, would they have one of those Patriots, Seahawks plays? Yeah. You, know, you just never know. Uh, and this this ruined the drama. But, I mean, I think you got to give him credit, man. Uh, your boy, number one, I forgot his name. He came out the end, going to the end zone, knew not to score, slid at the one-yard line, set it all up. Uh, the only small complaint I had about the whole thing was on the f- after he goes to the one and slides, they snapped the ball with like 19 seconds left on the clock. And I'm like, mm. if the whole point is to run the clock down, you just stand up there and uh, then you don't even have to backpedal. You just take it, take a knee, and it's not even a 25 yard, it's a 19 yard. But uh, that's the smallest of nitpicks. 
But, um, dude, I mean, this was a terrific game. It was a great performance by Mahomes under duress with the, uh, with the ankle. And now, hell, you know, down the road we'll start talking about, you know, can they, can they get another one? Yeah, that, that's what the thing of it is, man. And, you know, at the end, they asked him about it. They said, well, Pat, you know, two and four years, can you call this a dynasty? And he said, not yet, because we're not done. And that's the whole thing. And we've talked about this many times. When you look at the Chiefs, obviously the AFC has a lot of really good young quarterbacks. You kind of wonder with Joe Burrow. But again, you know, the, the money for Josh Allen's going to kick in. You wonder, did the Bills miss their little window that they might have had? I mean, it, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens are going to have to figure out where what the whole deal is going to be with him. You got Justin Herbert there in his own division. Russell Wilson with Sean Payton coming in. Who knows what they'll figure out. But um, they're on top of the world right now, man. And, and I thought what? the Eagles were the better team. I wanted the Chiefs to win. I, I thought the Eagles were the better team. But Pat Mahomes just wasn't going to let them. Ha- they, he was not going to let them have this game. No, and I think... Um... Now, to, to answer the first question, I don't think they're a dynasty yet. Just my my opinion. Um, you know, the Cowboys won what? Three and four. Three, three and four. Um, San Francisco won four in, looks like, like eight years, nine years. Yeah, the Steelers had four and six. Uh, New, England New England did three had, and four twice. Right. To me, three and four, four and six put you in dynasty mode yeah it feels like you got to have the back-to-backs in there somewhere yeah but you definitely had yeah somewhere in there you need a back-to-back to go dynasty um i was trying yeah even san francisco they, yeah. theirs was at the end when they won 88 and 89 mm-hmm. but yeah i think you're right i think back-to-back is part of a is part of the dynasty conversation as well as you got to be in the three somehow you got to get three or you got to get four in that window for me to be to get the dynasty talk yeah I, I i tend to agree with you i mean they're on the cusp of that obviously and perhaps that'll be something that they achieve you know coming up here maybe next year i mean it's you know it, it's funny to hear these guys again because travis kelsey at the end of the game is screaming into the camera not one of you out there picked us no one believed we could do this and i'm sitting there going dude probably at least everyone on the planet had you in the final four teams of the nfl like, a lot of people thought Kansas City was going to win the Super Bowl this year. I, I think it's, it's fascinating to hear what these guys come up with to motivate themselves to, to not get lethargic about this and to not lose that motivation. But I just thought that was funny. I was like, come on, man. Like, like you're one of the three teams in the NFL that people are, as long as Pat Mahomes is quarterback, people will be, okay, the Chiefs, the whoever, and the whoever else. Those are One of those three teams is winning the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, dude. I mean, you know, when when you're talking about the Chiefs, yeah, it's obviously it's Mahomes is is the guy who makes it all go, and then you could put Travis Kelsey really as one A because he's really solidifying himself as one of the best tight ends to ever play the game. But dude, Andy Reid, man, this is the number of games they've won since Andy Reid showed up in 2013. Mm. It's it's wild, bro. 11, 9, 11, 12, 10, 12, 12, 14, 12, 14. Yeah, I mean, it's when you start getting into the legacies of what Andy Reid and what Pat Mahomes are doing, you know, you talk about Andy Reid since he's shown up the wins they've had. 
I don't know how many people realize this. Andy Reid is now fifth all-time in career wins amongst NFL head coaches. He's second all-time in playoff wins. The only the only person who has won more playoff games as a head coach than Andy Reid is Bill Belichick, who everybody generally looks at as the greatest coach of all time. Now two Super Bowl championships, four Super Bowl appearances. And to me, man, when you start talking about Andy Reid, this, this Super Bowl solidifies he's going to go into the Hall of Fame. And I start wondering at what point, because if he continues to coach, you know, we all look at Belichick and then you, you, the names out there that people will throw out like a Bill Walsh or a Tom Landry. You know, some people even throw Jimmy Johnson out there sometimes. Um, guys like Chuck Knoll and, and Don Shula. I wonder when we will start talking about Andy Reid in that light because he is working his way up into that, that almost Mount Rushmore of NFL head coaches. Dude, I mean, people forget that he went to five straight AFC championship yeah. games with the, with the Eagles. <laughs> you know, yeah. and then um, and then he went to Kansas City, and when he went to Kansas City, I think he was. Uh, I mean, they were struggling a little bit, uh, but uh, dude, he is um, he's that guy, man. He's he's an offensive wizard, and uh, you know, I think guys like to play for him. And let's let's keep it real, man. He's figured out a way to get Donovan McNabb and Pat Pat Mahomes, so he's always had a quarterback to work with. Yeah, and, and you know, you look at this; he will pass Tom Landry next year for the fourth most wins by a head coach in NFL history. So he will be behind only Don Shula, George Hallis, and Bill Belichick, and he will probably do that within the first month of the season next year. He will be fourth all time in career coaching wins, second all time in playoff wins, the two Super Bowl championships. Maybe he's got more on the way. It, it, and I don't know what it is, maybe because he's he's a quiet kind of guy. You don't really hear much about him. Some of the trouble that his kids have been in, obviously, that is not him. It's his kids. It, it, but I, I don't know what it is. It, it feels to me like Andy, Andy Reid is one of the most underappreciated coaches maybe ever in NFL history because of what he's done, his accomplishments. He, and, and you look at it, all he does is win. Dude, and he wins at a high level. Yeah. I mean, you know, t- t- think about it. We're celebrating back-to-back 12-win seasons in Dallas. Like, <laughs> like wow, what a great accomplishment. And, he's had, and, what, and five it is in a row? Yeah, and it is a great accomplishment. But he's done it five straight times, man. And he threw in a couple 14s in there just just for the hell of it. Um, that's hard to do. It's it, what's, what's hard, man, is the amazing consistency. Um. You know, now, yeah, Elijah's got to do it in Mahomes, but, dude, Andy Reid is doing that thing. And you saw the play calling on display again today, man. So, yeah, he threw out some love to Eric Bieniemy, But, uh, you know, Andy Reid seemed like he was moving his lips quite a bit today. Yeah, and it's, it's wild because you look at this. This is a guy who's been an NFL head coach for 24 seasons. In those 24 seasons, he's only finished with a losing record three times. Wow, it's amazing. And one of those was the first year he was ever a head coach when he went 5-11. and 11. And, and, I mean, think about that. So 21 out of 24 seasons, he's finished 500 or better. And in 19 out of those 24 seasons, he's had a winning record. I mean, it's Damn. incredible. I mean, you, you look at the amount of – actually, now that I look at this, in 18 of his 24 years, he's won double-digit games. I mean, it's just insane, bro. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a mean, dude who can pace. coach. Basically, he's he's really 
basically the second best coach in this era of football, yeah. Ryan Belichick. Sure. Be- because all the other names you mentioned are from a different era. Uh with with Landry, with Hallis, with Shula. You know, Shula, I mean Landry and uh, Shula are the same era, you know, sixties, seventies, uh some eighties, eighties. Uh but Hallis, you know, he's more like the forties, fifties, sixties. So, you know, in this era of football, he's only behind the greatest ever, Bill Belichick. Yeah, I, 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 you can't. I don't even know how you could disagree with that. I mean, Bill, Belichick's the goat. It, what's interesting is a lot of this is happening now for Reed after he'd been coaching for so long because of that team with with Mahomes. And you start looking at Pat Mahomes now. This is a dude five seasons as a starter. He's twenty seven years old. Two Super Bowl championships, two Super Bowl MVPs, two NFL MVPs. He's played in three Super Bowls. Five Pro Bowls, he's a three-time All-Pro, an NFL Offensive Player of the Year, and Pat Mahomes has won a minimum of 12 games every year he started. And check this out, bro. He's 27 years old. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is, you know, again, much like everybody else, you kind of wonder, because we thought this with guys, you go back to Rodgers and Breeze, and even Russell Wilson when he was really young, you know, as the pieces around him age, but you kind of wonder, okay, are, are we are we witnessing that next Tom Brady type guy who just found the right coach at the right time and here over the next handful of years is going to be able to put together a run and, and may, you know, it used to be like if you won four Super Bowls in a career, it blew everybody's minds because we'd only seen Montana and Bradshaw do it. And then Brady comes along and he does it. Aikman only ever had three. Those are the only four quarterbacks that have ever won more than two Super Bowls. Aikman, Bradshaw, Montana, and Brady. That's it as, as a starter. So Pat Mahomes is one Super Bowl away from being the fifth quarterback to win more than two. And I, I, like, I think most of us kind of assume that it's happening probably in the next couple of years. Yeah, it's all, it's all, um, it's all very interesting because uh, he's going to have a chance to win because they made a huge move, man. I mean, I, and again, I ain't bringing no news here, but – when they said, okay, we're going to get rid of Tyreek Hill and we're going to replace him with, with lesser receivers, uh, whether it's salary cap and talent, both. And yet they come out of it with yet another Super Bowl. That's how they're going to be able to do it. Because he's so good, because he can elevate other people, mm-hmm. you can have lesser paid receivers um, and he can still get, get them the ball and still right. make it happen. And that's that's kind of why he's, you know, the Super Bowl MVP to win the Super Bowl, as well as a guy making $45 million a year to win the Super Bowl because his talent is such that uh, he can elevate guys. And so you don't have to spend everything on a bunch of $20 million receivers. Uh, although they got a bunch of good ones. They're just not high-paid ones. Yeah, I mean, they've got very affordable wide receivers. And obviously they've got a colossal mismatch with the guy. You know, I, I thought in – Chances are they, they probably would have been anyway, but that win tonight in the Super Bowl just solidified that Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Andy Reid will be first ballot Hall of Famers, I think, for all of them. I think all three of those guys. And they've got a guy at tight end. Greg Olson was trying to explain this. You know, Burkhart kept bringing it up during the broadcast. How does this guy continually get open when you know the ball is going to go to him? But he is he's one of the great tight ends of all time and is such a mismatch in such an advantage that the Chiefs have a player like that at that position on the field. 
I heard somebody explain it uh, a couple days ago. They said he played quarterback in high school, like a lot of people. Uh, but he really played it in the sense of he really understands defenses. Uh, and he talked about this man a little bit on the on – he was sitting on somebody – I think he was sitting on ESPN's table after the game talking about the game. Yeah. And somebody asked him the same question. And he didn't go into the to the big detail, but he hinted at it. And what it is is because he, he really understands defense, meaning, you know, I mean, it's classic of what you would expect a, a quarterback to do, but he's taking it to the next level. So, okay, we got this play call. I go up there. His pre-snap read or what he sees as he's running his route is, oh, they're in a cover three defense. That means the linebacker should be here and the safety should be there. So if I kind of move over here, there's nobody here to take me. And he kind of does that against every coverage you come up with based on how they're playing it. And, you know, and then you throw in the, the athleticism where he's too fast for a linebacker, too big for a safety, and then he's got the intelligence of a quarterback. And you throw in the fact that he's on the same page with Mahomes, and it makes him an unstoppable weapon, kind of like uh, to a lesser degree or maybe similar, you know, Cooper Cup with uh, Stafford mm-hmm. last year, where it's just you just have no chance. They're going to get him the ball. Yeah, and, and, and it's it's wild to see, man. And, and again, Kelsey's not getting any younger. You, you wonder at how much longer. Maybe he's got another season he can play at this level, maybe two. Who knows? He's getting into his mid-30s now. Obviously, Mahomes is going to be there for, you would hope, a decade plus. Andy Reid turns 65 a month from now. It, it, Damn, is that old? Yeah, he, he's 64. He turned 65 in March. And, and so, I mean, look, the dude's been a head coach for this. He just finished his 24th season as an NFL head coach. Wow. So you kind of wonder, does he have another five years? Does he want to keep going for another five years? And and. You, you just kind of wonder, it feels like if him and Mahomes can do another five seasons, that maybe they'll they'll get another couple of rings and vault themselves into that conversation of one of the greatest, con- like we all talk about with those teams that have three, four plus rings, the greats of all time that have ever played the game. Because obviously Pat Mahomes is very much... <laughs> Which is crazy to say. I mean, the dude's been a starting quarterback for five years, but all of his accolades, all of his accomplishments, yeah, he if he retired today, he would be a first ballot Hall of Famer five years from now. And he's got a chance to put himself up there, I think, with some of those guys that we talk about as the greatest players to, that have ever played the game. Dude, do you know what Travis Kelsey has averaged the last five years? Last five years, age 28 to 33, he's averaging. 101 catches, 1,288 yards, mm-hmm. nine touchdowns. Yeah, he's a beast, man. I mean, I've had him and in fantasy like three years near, in a row. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, and he's averaging damn near 13 yards a catch. Yeah. Which is insane for a tight end. I mean, he's basically a wide receiver at the tight end possession, which is like when I was talking about that the other day, I mean, he plays it like that. He puts up wide receiver-like numbers, and you're paying the dude like $11 million a year because he's a tight end. It just it doesn't really get any better than that. Yeah, and and while you're bullcorning, that's why they went with him instead of Tyreek because we can have the best tight end or one of the best receivers, but one dude we got to pay twenty eight million, and the other dude we got to pay eleven or twelve, and he's the highest paid guy in his deal. Yeah, man. I mean, it, 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 again, 
I think he's got another two or three years left on his deal, but he had originally signed a four-year $57.2 million contract, and his cap hit, I think this past year it was super low, and then next year it jumps up to like $14 million. But even then, no matter what he does at the tight end position as such a mismatch in the numbers he puts up that are like a number one wide receiver and you're paying him, you know, he's making $10 million a year less than a, a wide receiver putting up those numbers would make. Oh, dude. Yeah, that's I mean, that's why it's a great trade off. And that's why they've got a great situation with their quarterback. Their best offensive player is Travis Kelsey and their head coach. I mean, you know, they do. There's no reason why uh, they can't win another couple. They're going to be in the hunt. It's just a matter of whether uh, whether they win it. And in a weird way, it's kind of like what what Mike McCarthy is talking about when he says you you want a team that's got staying power mm-hmm. and can compete every year because when you get to the playoffs every year, one of those years it'll be your year and you'll break through and win it. Yeah, you would hope so. That's the way it's supposed to be, and the Chiefs are getting there every single year. Every right. single year. Now, as we mentioned earlier, we had that conversation. The AFC has got a lot of very good young quarterback play, but Mahomes is the best of them. So we'll see how it turns out, but another one for the Chiefs. We got to talk about the commercials, the halftime show, because everybody is always interested in those every year. Before we do that, we jump down that that route. Let's tell you about Freeway Tire Shop. JR and his boys over there at Freeway Tire Shop. The mechanic you can trust. Why haven't you gone there yet? This is where you take your cars. It could be something as simple as an oil change, or maybe it's you need new tires. And we all know this, man. Like, as many of you know, I live in Alabama now, and, and we're getting to a point where we're going to have to start probably pretty soon looking into getting new brakes done. And it's always those things. Okay, where do I take my car around here? Where can I take my car where I know that they're going to do the quality work and they're not trying to screw me over? Now, if I'm in Dallas, I go straight to Freeway Tire Shop because I know I, I don't even think about it. I'm like, oh, I know JR is going to take care of me. I know I can trust him. And you have that peace of mind. That's the thing. Like, we all have in life... I mean, we all have crap we have to do for our cars on a regular basis. And man, to me, one of the things that we don't think about until you need it is where am I going to take my car and where can I find that person I can trust? And Freeway Tire Shop is that place. No, man, JR is that guy because you can trust him to diagnose what's wrong with your car. And then here's a big one for me, man. You trust him to uh, use quality parts to fix your car. Not everybody does that. You can trust him to charge you a fair price. And then you trust him to stand behind his work. And I tell people this all the time. If your mechanic ain't doing all four of those, not two out of three uh, or three out of four, but all four of those, then go ahead. Take your butt right up 35 north to uh, toward Denton. Get off at Commonwealth. It's uh, five minutes from downtown. Stay on the service road. Go through the light. It's right on the right. You cannot miss him. Go in there. He's probably wearing the Jam Session T-shirt because he's got four or five of them. Uh, and just ask for JR, man, and he'll take care of the rest. You'll be glad you, that you went through. That's exactly right. You need to. You can find out more information. You can find out the map, all that type of stuff. Request a quote, schedule an appointment online at freewaytireshop.com. And while you do that, because sometimes, you know, you need to drop off your car and it might take a few, you know, a little bit like an hour or two, whatever the case may be. You ought to, when you do that, get an Uber and go right. I mean, it's not right around the corner, but man, it's five minutes away from Freeway Tire Shop. Smokey John's Barbecue, right there off of Mockingbird in between 35 and Love Field in Dallas. The best barbecue you're going to have because it, the brisket's phenomenal. The ribs are phenomenal. The sausage is phenomenal. The jam session bowl, which they created just for us, is absolutely phenomenal. It's not even on the menu. 
Like you can't even walk in there and order the jam session bowl unless you listen to the podcast and know it exists. And so many of you have gone in there and we get the pictures that you guys tweet. I'm telling you, if you haven't had a chance to get over to Smokey John's Barbecue, maybe this is the week coming up. Maybe take the lady over there for Valentine's Day this week. Why not? Oh, man, it makes perfect sense. So Smokey John's, is, the uh, jam session bowl is absolutely, positively sensational. Okay, let me be honest with you, Matt. Yes. I had one last, I had one last week. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, dude. I mean, it's good. Why wouldn't you have one? Yeah, I walked in there and the lady, I, I ordered online and the lady said, hey, she was wrapping up the order because she just had to go in and pay for it. She yeah. goes, hey, are you JT? <laughs> and I go, it's awesome. Yes, I am. She goes, oh, you're the one whose picture's on the wall, right? I was like, yeah, that's me. That's me. <laughs> that's awesome. And then I went home and had it. It, it was great. Uh, you know, I uh, I went with the uh, mashed potato base this time and uh, sausage and brisket. And then all the stuff that you find on loaded baked potato, like chives and butter and sour cream and cheese. I mean, it was fantastic, man. And it always is. It's enough for two, easy. If you got a like a six-year-old, it's enough for three. You can still have some leftovers. A ton of food, man. Uh, but you can never go wrong with jam session bowl. No, you cannot, man. So check it out. It's Smokey John's Barbecue. They're right there off Mockingbird in Dallas. It's fantastic. It's just, it's a great place. The two brothers that own it, family owned, they've been there for forever. And if you're like me and you don't live in the area, jump online to SmokeyJohns.com. You can order the sauce and the rub and they'll ship it to you. And that way you can enjoy a little taste of Texas barbecue wherever you may be. But the big things with the Super Bowl, man, and everybody knows this, you're always like, okay, what kind of weird, crazy commercials are they going to be? And then the halftime show, which depending on if you are familiar with the artist of the halftime show, some maybe you care more years than others. But I will say I thought on the whole, the commercials this year were solid. I had a couple that really jumped out to me that I remember the very first commercial of the night. And they only played it once where Ben Affleck was doing the drive through at Dunkin Donuts. I enjoyed that quite a bit because he was doing his Boston accent, you know, and I thought that was awesome. And then Jennifer Lopez comes through. She goes, what are you doing here? Is this what you do when, when you say you're, like, leaving to go to work? And he's like, look, don't embarrass me in front of my friends, okay? <laughs> and, and she's like, no, come on, we're leaving. And he goes, all right, guys, all right, I got to go. I, I, I got to get out of here. And I just, I thought that was kind of funny. The, the Pepsi commercials, I liked those quite a bit, where Ben Stiller did one and then Steve Martin did one, where they like, oh, I'm just acting. And then they taste Pepsi. They go, wow, that's really great. Or am I just acting? Find out for yourself by tasting a Pepsi. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was a good. Uh, that was a good deal. Yeah, because like it actually made me curious. I was like, I mean, obviously you're acting to some degree, but yes, now I am curious. Like, how much are you acting? I'll, even though I don't drink soda, but I thought it was an effective. I thought the way they do that was kind of effective. I really liked the Breaking Bad commercial for the popcorners chips. I thought that was fantastic. That you know Jesse and, and and Walt came back and were playing their roles, and then what's that dude's name Tico or whatever? Right, right, right. And he was like, "No, there has to be seven flavors." And they're like, "All right, man, seven flavors." <laughs> nah, that was uh, dude. <laughs> somebody put on Twitter that it was great commercial. They've aged well since it's been off the air for ten years. And I was like, "Has it really been a decade since Breaking Bad is gone?" And I was like, "Yeah, I think that's right." I mean, I could, uh, it's probably yeah. time for me to walk. I could probably, it's probably been enough time I could watch it again. 
and uh, Dang, see a bunch of, see a bunch of stuff that I hadn't uh, that I hadn't noticed the first time. Yeah, I've seen it twice all the way through. The final episode aired September 29th of twenty thirteen. So yeah, it's been almost ten years. Damn, that's wow. Yeah, and it's no it's. Yeah, uh, I mean, I obviously love that show. We we in the during the pandemic, we went back and watched the entire thing all over again. But that that commercial was good. I'm trying to think the oh the premature electrification. I missed that one. So Ooh, that yeah. was one where a guy it was a, a for Ram electric truck or something, and the guy goes, "Do you suffer from premature electrification?" And it would show like a woman, you know, and like the car wouldn't charge or something. And she'd be like, you know, right when I was about to get in it, he just can't perform. And he goes, I don't know what to do. And it, it's one of those things. And it shows a guy like going fishing. And it's like, if you struggle to hold a charge, you might suffer from premature e- electrification. Just the way that they did it, they basically ripped off like a, you know, a, a Viagra commercial or something and changed the wording to make it for a car commercial and electric cars. And man, they nailed it. Very well done. I thought that was probably the best commercial of the night. Hey, I'm sorry, I missed. Yeah, it's unfortunate that you missed that one. I I don't know that everybody sees every commercial. I I probably missed one or two. I guess that I like mentally was just tuned out. Who knows? Nah, it was. Uh, I was trying to think. Uh, I liked because uh, I don't really go gung ho over the commercials. Yeah. Uh, norm, normally, I'm that dude who takes that time to go do something, even though it's the Super Bowl. Uh, I like Travolta at the end doing some singing. Yeah, that uh, was that cool. Was always amusing. Our, our good buddy John Travolta. Yes, our our friend. That's very uh, true. Uh, dude, to be honest with you, man, I really like the uh, the Jeep commercial. I don't know, I can't tell you. I think it's because they were playing the electric slide up underneath it. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was for electric, but that that uh, that elect, electric green Jeep had me uh, riveted. And I thought, what's the one where the guy was, uh, he was on a motor, motorcycle doing something, acting crazy, shooting, was it air freshener or something? I can't remember. Oh, no, that was a, a Downey commercial for Danny McBride. Okay, so, he changed his name to Downey McBride. All right. That was just silly but funny to me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there was, you know, obviously they showed the new preview for the new Flash movie where Michael Keaton revealed himself as Batman because, like, apparently from what I understand, Flash, like, screws up the universe. And so, like, he reveals, like, the old Batmobile and stuff like that. And I don't know, like, it it just, obviously that's going to be a badass movie. So that was cool. I'm trying to think. I, th- I thought it was kind of like the Uber one where Diddy was doing a, a song for it or whatever. And they had like those old like Hathaway and all that, like these like random 90s one hit wonders that that did an Uber song. That was kind of interesting. All right. I, I could die with that. I didn't mind the uh, the uh, what was it? The planners peanut, the roast of Mr. Peanut. <laughs> Where they have Jeffrey Ross, he comes on there and he goes, oh, I see Mr. Peanut is here. I guess uh, you're going to be here to ruin our night instead of a nice set of brownies. <laughs> and we thought that was funny because the lady doesn't like peanuts in her brownies. So that was kind of funny. <laughs> he goes, oh, yeah, he goes, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of, of Mr. Peanut here. I, I love your work in Thai food. <laughs> and that was pretty funny. So, you know, there were some good yeah, like- ones. It's, it's, I think it's like any other Super Bowl. There, There's... There's good commercials. There's some that just kind of are average, and then there's some that are absolutely horrible, and you wonder how in the world they spent $7 million, and that's what they came up with. 
bro, this is true. And there were some of those. I will say, did you catch the trailer? So we saw the trailer for Fast X, which is the 10th edition of the Fast and Furious movies. And look, right. uh, yes, those movies are corny as hell, but my God, they are. I mean, the action in those things, it just, and, and once again, it looks like they have raised the bar for the action genre. And then the one that really jumped out to me, and I believe this is the first time they've started a movie together since Goodwill Hunting, but they showed a preview for the new movie coming out called Air, which is Ben Affleck and Matt Damon starring as Phil Knight and like the like Ben Affleck plays Phil Knight. And this is the story of the rep who came to him and said, we should design a shoe around this dude named Michael Jordan. And it's the story of Air Jordan and all that. Now, that seems like something we should watch. Oh, I'm yes, it is happening. I, I, just, I mean, I, I've heard about it, but I hadn't seen a trailer for it. And the fact that it's so Ben Affleck directs it. It's Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Jason Bateman is in it, Marlon Wayans, Viola Davis is in it, Chris Tucker is in it. I mean, there is like a very, very good cast in this. And just that story of, because keep in mind, like back then, you know, one, Nike wasn't as well known. And to approach that and be like, oh, we're going to take a dude who's not in the NBA. Because remember, like when Magic and Bird were coming out, like everybody was with Converse. Right. Exactly. And, the, and it wasn't just like, like, oh, we're not making a shoe for you, but you're, you know, we'll do Converse and Lakers colors or whatever. And so then, you know, Nike approaches Michael Jordan and tries to come out with the Air Jordan before he was even in the NBA. And they were like, what? You want to do this on a, a guy who we don't even know if he's going to be any good? No, they bet on him, bet on themselves, bet on him. And the rest, as they say, is history. Yeah. So I think. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, the halftime show for me, I, I'm not a Rihanna fan. I'm, I'm aware of who she is, but I'm, I'm not. I mean, people are always blown away by this. I, I think I knew of the songs she played. I had heard two of them before. Yeah, but that doesn't surprise me, man. You know, I, um, I used to uh, we, we've had these conversations before where you would say something like, I can't believe you've never heard of that. Right. Yeah. You know, well, if I don't like if I don't like that genre of music per se, would you really be surprised I hadn't heard the best of Led Zeppelin? I don't like rock music for the most part, so I don't know a whole lot of rock tunes. So if you're not into Rihanna and her little poppy stuff, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, I liked it, uh, and I don't really. I was doing something, which is why I actually watched the halftime show. I usually don't watch it, um, but I thought it was pretty good for what it was. Uh, it looked like it was, uh, I mean, plus she looked to be pregnant. So I was very impressed. Yeah. And apparently she is like, they, they, they let it be known. Her rep came out afterwards and said, yes, that she is pregnant. And that was like her public revealing of it. Yeah. But, uh, I, th- I thought it was, I mean, for what it was, I thought it was fine. I thought it was a good show. She sang a lot of songs and, uh, she looked good doing it. Um, you know, the whole dance choreography was pretty good. So yeah, that was, that was cool. Was the choreography was badass. And like those platforms, man, where they were floating up in the air, I could not get over the fact. I'm like, okay, so here's Rihanna. You're pregnant and you are singing floating, I don't know, 100 feet above the football field on a glass platform thing. Yeah, that makes her a badass. I know. I was like, oh, dude, I would have I walked off that thing and there had been a trail of brown just behind me because I would have <laughs> shit my pants. 
<laughs> I probably would have passed out. I don't know that I could have functioned in doing that. And I thought that looked really cool. But it was interesting because, you know, we've gotten used to these Super Bowl halftime shows where it's it's whoever, whomever the main act is and then like halfway through like a special guest will shoot out with them and sing like a song with them and then another special guest and then they do costume changes and there's all these different things and she basically was just like obviously it was only her she didn't do any costume changes none of the people in those white marshmallow looking costumes changed it was just like, hey, I've got, you know, 12 minutes or whatever it is to do a show, feature my catalog. Here you go. It's going to be kick-ass, and this is what it is. Dude, you know, that, I, I, I'm not sure you can go wrong with that approach. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't think, like, again, and, and it's kind of like you said, like, I'm not necessarily a fan of that genre, and I haven't really ever gone and explored Rihanna because people, like, one of the guys I work with, he's like, how do you not know these songs? It's like, I mean, but why would I? Like, I don't listen to mainstream radio, so it, I, I'm not going, oh, I wonder if Rihanna has a song out that I want to hear. You know what I mean? And so, right. like, where would I have heard it? And they're like, well, you would hear it. I was like, where? Like, tell me where. Like, I don't go to clubs. I, I I don't know. Like, you think they're playing this in a brewery? I don't, I mean, where is it? <laughs> you know? Right. And they're not playing it on the radio station that you listen to. Right. So, yeah. Because. Yeah. Uh, I told you, it's, just, it's the same conversation I had about Led Zeppelin or, you know, any rock band. And I'm just like, I have no idea, man. Yeah. And, and, and you know, I've, I've noticed that it almost has gotten even worse because, you know, like with these oh. music services that we all have with streaming music, like Amazon yeah, Music does this. Like. Right. It, it, and so every Monday, Amazon Music for me, they put out they put out it's the your discovery playlist and it's 25 songs that they select that they think you'll like. But it's based on the stuff that you listen to. So all the stuff that I because I listen to a lot of synth pop, which is like modern 80s synth music. I've really gotten into that in the last year or so for whatever reason, like hardcore into it. And so most of the new stuff that I hear is in that genre. So I don't go like, you know, you can listen to the 100 most played songs on Amazon, but I don't go and listen to those. And that's where like a lot of those popular artists like Rihanna would probably have some music on there, you know, but I don't listen to that. Like they, they like, you know, one of the guys is always like, so you don't know who this is or you don't know. I was like, how would I know this? Like, dude, it's like really popular right now. I'm like, yes, but where would I see this at? Bro. If I don't seek it out, you know what I mean? Because I don't listen to. I mean, quite honestly, I don't listen to music radio. I, I work for a sports talk radio station. The only local radio station I listen to is that station. And most of the time when I'm in my car, I listen to Howard Stern interviews. Dude, nothing wrong with that. It's what I do. I don't know what to tell you guys. So all in all, a fun night for the Super Bowl. And the odds are out, and it is here. I was trying to find it again because they have put the odds for the 2024 Super Bowl winners up. And I always think this is hilarious because, one, we haven't gone through free agency. We haven't gone through the draft. How in the world do we know what a lot, and as you know, I mean, these teams are turning over a third, if not more, of every team in the NFL is going to completely change. But how about this? So... True that, true that. These are the odds to win the Super Bowl for 2024. The Kansas City Chiefs are the leaders. Right behind them, the Bills. Followed by the 49ers, then the Eagles, and the Bengals. Your Dallas Cowboys are plus 1,200 with right now the sixth best odds to win Super Bowl 58. So would you put a dollar on that? 
10, 10 bucks to win 130? Why not? Now, the real value play is down with the Houston Texans because you bet $10 that they'll win the Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, they're like, they're by far the worst odds in the NFL. And again, for a team that hasn't even played in an AFC title game, maybe they should try to do that first, much like the Cowboys. So, wow. That's just giving away money right there. Yeah. Your, your worst odds to win the Super Bowl next year are Chicago, Seattle, Washington, Atlanta, Arizona, and Houston. How about that for Arizona? You have Kyler Murray as your quarterback, and you have the second worst odds of any team in the NFL to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, you can't even find a coach right now. Yeah. Well, supposedly, I, it sounds like they're going to hire that dude from the Eagles. They're, they're OC. Uh, they're their offensive coordinator. Yeah, that's what it looks like. All right. Well, maybe so. Man, and how about, did you see Nick Sirianni, like, I mean, open waterfall crying during the national anthem? Yeah, I'm not surprised. He's kind of a uh, an emotional sort. You know what I'm saying? I guess so, dude. Like, I, like I, you know, you like they showed Jason Kelsey, and he was tearing up a bit. And I get it's got to be very emotional. But, man, you just don't see that. I mean, he was, he was basically bawling. And I was like, man, that is that is a very intense emotional experience that you are having right now. Yeah, man. But, um, you know, it, it kind of happens sometimes uh, when you get caught up in the moment. And see, I don't know enough about him, but, you know, he could have been caught up in, I wish, you know, maybe my grandmother was here to see right. this or I wish my dad was here to see. Or, you know, some loved one who's no longer with us, you wish that they were here. And uh, while you think about it, and and an anthem is playing, and all that stuff, you can get you can get caught up in it now, bro. Yeah, you can. And I, I will say the national anthem, Chris Stapleton absolutely nailed it. But I love Chris Stapleton, and and he is such a phenomenal live performer. And it it made me recall the time when we were doing Sucky Sports Karaoke on the radio that you had to you sang Chris Stapleton, <laughs> and I thought, man, you know, why don't they ask you to come sing the national anthem? <laughs> you can sing I can Stapleton. Give, I can give you some Tennessee whiskey or some broken halos. <laughs> yeah, there you I mean, go. You no, know, I get down with Chris Stapleton. He's pretty damn good. Yeah, there's nothing wrong well, with see, that I'm at all. Mis- I'm I'm musically eclectic. Uh, I like a bunch of different stuff. Yeah, I tend to as well. But it, it's interesting. I don't know, man. It, it's sometimes you cycle through some new music, but I don't ever seek out n- like today's new music. I, I'm going like Bro. deeper into genres that I like trying to find new music. I tend to cycle into old music. See, and I do that a lot too. <laughs> I, I really cycle into old music. I was, I was looking for my, uh, I write with music. Yeah. But it has to be music that I know so that, I, so that it's really just in the background. But uh, here's here's my here's my top six songs to start my playlist for my writing playlist. In the air tonight. Okay. Phil Collins. Yeah, great. Song. Me and Mrs. Jones, Billy Paul. Before I let go, everybody everybody black knows that song. Frankie Beverly. Got my whiskey. Rihanna, she made the top five. She's a desperado. Tennessee whiskey is six. And uh, then there's uh, some Teddy Pendergrass. Oh, oh, Broken Halos is up there, too. That oh, there you go. And then uh, Statue for a Fool by David Ruffin. I mean, that pretty much, that's that's a lot of moving parts right there, bro. It is a lot of moving parts. Yeah, I mean, I, I, 
I usually only listen to music when I work out. And then there are times like we'll sit around the house, like on the weekend sometimes and maybe drink a beer while we're listening to music. But then it's just like really chill music. And a lot of the times that's more that, you know, Texas country type vibe that I like, or we might go down, you know, like, oh, this made me think of this song from the 90s that I used to like. Let's listen to that. And then you connect that thought to another song you used to listen to, you know, and stuff like that. Or I might listen to you know, Bruce Springsteen or Fleetwood Mac or something like that, that I used to grow up listening to a lot. So I don't know. It is, it is really interesting because I like discovering new music, but I like music. I know what I like. And, and generally speaking, like I'll listen to a lot of different stuff that people will send me, but I'm generally, I'm like, I probably am not going to like this. And I'm rarely ever surprised by something totally different and new where I'm like, Whoa, man, I've never like, this is totally different, but I really like it. That doesn't happen very often. Nah. Not, not for me either. That's the way it is. All right, a bit of a short one tonight, but we had some technical difficulties earlier to get this thing going, man. So we wanted to bump out a, a Super Bowl postgame show for you guys. Have some fun. We will be back later in the week. We'll have another episode coming your way on Wednesday. It's all. This is always such a wild time period when you turn the clock away from football and we, you start looking at the scouting combine and the draft coming up in just a couple of months, of course, and you get back into that of how can the Cowboys find a way? <laughs> I I mean, I laugh at it, but how can the Cowboys find a way to do what the Eagles and Chiefs did this year? Is it possible? Is there some way? I don't know. But we're going to try to find that way. You got the Mavs, the Stars playing some good stuff. So we'll be keeping it around, man. All the sports, having some fun conversations. So keep telling your friends about the Jam Session podcast, spreading the word. We'll keep talking Cowboys. Y'all have a great start to your week. And we will talk to you here in a couple of days. Thanks for listening to the Jam Session Podcast. Make sure to find us on Instagram at Jam Session Cast. Of course, you can also find us on Twitter at McMatt Radio and at JJT underscore journalist. Our podcast is sponsored by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you'll have time for healing and renewal. Give them a call at 972-934-8900. Greening Law, Office, Dallas, Texas. As always, thanks to Purple Elephant Music for the music you hear at the end and the beginning of each episode. He, of course, is the radio, TV, and now podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. And me, I'm just a guy, Matt McLaren. We'll catch you next time right here on the Jam Session Podcast, available everywhere you listen to podcasts.